0: FAIR's defense of women's athletics. The legacy of Malcolm X should be change, not hatred. And the quiet rise of black home educators. Welcome to FAIR News Weekly. To read all of the articles discussed in this podcast, please visit this podcast's episode description. Dear Friends of FAIR, This week, FAIR's legal team submitted a public comment regarding the Department of Education's proposed regulations on Title IX of the Education Amendments of 1972. We urged the Department of Education to retract the proposed rule in its entirety because it is an unworkable and contradictory policy that will harm biological females, the very group of humans Congress intended to protect with Title IX. The proposed rule would retain the existing Title IX requirements that schools provide equal athletic opportunity for members of both sexes, while also adding a new requirement that implicitly contradicts this requirement, thereby making compliance with the proposed rule impossible. A competitive sports team that is open to both male and female members cannot effectively accommodate the abilities of members of both sexes, a key factor in establishing compliance with Title IX regulations. This is due to the fact that physical ability of males versus females on average is widely disparate in several measures. FAIR's Managing Director of Legal Advocacy, Leanne O'Neill, spoke to the importance of existing Title IX protections in the field of athletics. Title IX protections have been critical in ensuring equal opportunities between men and women in school settings. We cannot let them be eroded. That's why FAIR filed its public comment on the new proposed athletics rule this week. This proposal does nothing to protect females. Instead, it makes it more difficult for schools to create equal opportunities for females in sports. Telling the truth is the way of life for courageous people. Peaceful change cannot happen without a commitment to the truth, which includes the reality of differences between the sexes. Read Fair's full comment with the link in the description below. Warmly, the team at the Foundation Against Intolerance and Racism. For Fair Substack, Angel Eduardo, the former editor of Fair Substack and current member of FAIR's board of directors, wrote about the birthday of Malcolm X and asks us to rethink his popular legacy as the antagonist to MLK. Eduardo writes, It's impossible to overstate both the importance and the rarity of such a foundational and extremely public personal transformation, given the climate we find ourselves in today, where admissions of mere error, let alone shifts in an entire worldview are cynically interpreted, selfishly exploited, or flat-out denied in favor of tribal alliance, financial gain, or personal pride—what Malcolm did and said in the last few months of his life almost beggar belief. Here was a man who had made it his life's work to preach and promote ideas he would later come to renounce and regret. And rather than double down out of fear or self-preservation, he had the courage and strength of character to not just renounce those ideas, but to do so with the world watching closely. I can count on one hand the number of current public figures I would trust or expect to behave the same way. That alone should justify us thinking of Malcolm differently than we do. For fair substack, originally published in Lee Jessum's Unsafe Science Substack, Eddie Waldrap wrote about the psychology and declining public trust in institutions. Waldrap states, These changes came as a result of the changing focus of APA, and academia in general, from traditional social justice movements to critical social justice, CSJ. Traditional social justice sought to end institutional oppression, discrimination based on immutable characteristics, focus on universal humanity of every individual, and for equality of opportunity for each to pursue their own self-directed goals. These are indicative of aspirational goals found in Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s I Have a Dream speech. They are contemporary organizations promoting the same pro-human ideals such as FAIR and many others. On the other hand, there is CSJ that has skyrocketed into the public sphere in recent years and is much more pernicious. The boom of CSJ is not a mere phenomenon. It is the result of decades of planning referred to as the Long March Through the Institutions, a neo-Marxist approach to establish the conditions for revolution. This built upon the work of Italian Marxist Antonio Gramsci, who developed the concept for cultural hegemony. Cultural hegemony was posited as the explanation for why the grand Marxist revolution and utopia had failed to manifest itself. Basically, if people were able to have a comfortable life in a free market society, then they lack the motivation to burn down Western society to make way for the grand utopia. For the Free Press, FAIR advisor Lisa Celine Davis wrote about the problems that follow when therapists take it upon themselves to infuse their therapy practices with social justice ideology. She writes Cooney is not alone in finding therapy overtaken by the same kind of social justice ideology prevalent in schools, medicine, and the law. I spoke with more than two dozen therapists and clients who painted a disturbing picture of what happens in the treatment room when therapists make the tenets of this ideology central to their work, instead of offering empowering approaches that help patients make better choices and take control of their lives. Some patients, like Cooney, have also found themselves fired for expressing unacceptable thoughts. I spoke to new therapists, some still in training who describe a profession that teaches the ascribing of oppressor or victim categories to patients based on their innate characteristics, instead of seeing them as individuals. Several sources said their applications to graduate schools required them to make a commitment to anti-racism. Some said they'd been penalized for asking the wrong questions in class, detailing how this ideological encroachment damages their own mental health. For The New York Times, Fair advisor John McWhorter examined the claim on Philip Ewell's On Music Theory and Making Music More Welcoming for Everyone, that the study of music theory is infected by racism. McWhorter writes, The assumption, then, is that the whiteness or maleness of any given proposition must automatically be a mere power play, rather than a reasoned aesthetic or logical conclusion. And that elicits a question we're not supposed to ask. What if, where classical music is concerned, White people, in all of their perfidies otherwise, got something right. And I mean so right that all those trained in the close study of music should be familiar with it. Black people got it right with the syncopation as default, with blues notes, and especially in Africa, with complex rhythm. All of these elements deeply season our modern musical experience, but Beethoven's seventh is just, in Yule's telling, white stuff? In a blog post, Yule dismissed the composer as merely above average and fetishized by the white establishment. For Spiked, Ben Appel wrote about how transgender activists are contributing to a new form of modern-day homophobia. He says, In 2011, when I was 28, I fell in love with a man. The following year, I joined the fight for marriage equality. After we won that campaign, I knew I wanted to become a gay activist. I wanted to help create a world in which feminine boys and butch girls could exist peacefully in society. A world in which gender-nonconforming people were accepted as natural variations of their own sex. Minorities, sure, but real and valid nonetheless. Soon I learned about non-binary identities, and that some people, many people, were literally arguing that sex, not gender, was a social construct. I met people who evangelized a denomination of transgenderism that I had never heard of, one that included people who had never been gender dysphoric and who had no desire to medically transition. I met straight people whose trans non-binary identities seemed to be defined by their haircuts, outfits, and inchoate politics. I met straight women with grinder accounts and listened to them complain about the transphobic gay men who didn't want to have sex with women. All around me, it seemed straight people were spontaneously identifying into my community and then policing our behaviors and customs, I began to think that this broadening of the trans and queer umbrella was giving a hell of a lot of people a free pass to express their homophobia. For free Black thought, Connie Morgan wrote about Black families that are leading an exodus from public and private schools in favor of homeschooling. Morgan writes, Perceived unintelligence also manifests in well-intentioned woke ideology. Black parents are faced with schools that are lowering the standards for Black children. Efforts to lower standards or do away with measurements in order to achieve equity are based, broadly speaking, in Critical Race Theory, CRT. Many Black parents and educators have spoken out against the racial essentialism forwarded by CRT. Longtime Black homeschool advocate and founder of National Black Home Educators, NBHE, Joyce Burgess, said the following in a 2021 interview. We don't want our children to go to school and learn that, because of white supremacy or white privilege, that's why you can't achieve. We do not agree with this. My concern is that parents understand that and know that our parents at the National Black Home Educators stand firm against this. We will not allow a system to teach our children that the reason they cannot achieve is because somebody has a hammer over their head. We want The Fair Substack to be the go-to publication for diverse perspectives on culture and civil rights. Whether you're a seasoned author or an amateur writer with a story that can contribute to our mission of promoting fairness, understanding, and humanity, we would love to receive your stories, opinions, investigations, reviews, interviews, and more. Please send your piece to submissions at fairforall.org. We hope to hear from you. Finally, if you liked this podcast, subscribe, share it with a friend, and leave us a rating and review. Make sure to check out our newsletter and weekly roundup to read more into any of this week's stories, or visit the episode description. Donations are always welcome at fairforall.org donate.